I want to let you know a secret I found out about coffee. Oh, and when I found it out, I was like, the lies. So basically, coffee's a liar. But it, this news makes me appreciate me a whole lot more. You'll understand what I'm saying in a second. So, okay, big boy, he had uh, Dr. Oz call into his show a couple weeks ago. And I was listening in, and they were asking Dr. Oz about coffee. I guess they asked, like, what's better, cold brew coffee or warm brew coffee, which one works or whatever. And then he kind of laid this shocker on everyone, or on me. I don't know if people got it as big as I did, but basically Dr. Oz was saying how coffee, what we think coffee does is it gives us energy, right? Or it gives us, like... Yeah, it gives us energy, it gives us this high, it gives us that motivation or whatever in that cup of coffee. But it's actually taking energy out. And to me, that's big because, okay, basically, we have like a treasure box of energy inside us already. Like, it's just all the amount of, like, let's say it's like a, let's say it's like a bank vault of energy. And... Throughout the day, we, like, take the energy out of that vault or whatever. What one would think coffee does is gives us more energy, right? But what it really does is it opens that vault and it, like, bum rushes all of the energy we have inside there and kind of puts it in the forefront. So what we think is us drinking coffee and coffee giving us energy is really coffee coming into us and saying, hey, energy, come out. Come out of your storage space. And so we're using the energy we already have inside of us. And that's why people crash later because it's like when you go to get more energy, it's like, oh, no, you already, you're depleted. You already took it out with coffee. Uh, so that got me mad because we look at, like, coffee. And shout out to, like, I'm not mad at coffee. Well, I am a little bit. I'm mad at what I thought coffee did for me, basically. And that is give me energy, like supplement me. But in fact, it really just um, it really just calls out what I already have inside me. So one, it lied. This whole time that I've known it, coffee has lied to me, telling me it's going to give me something when in fact, it's actually not. But number two, what does that tell you? And yes, I'm going to get super philosophical. Last time you were like, you, you use a unicorn story like super philosophically yes we're gonna make that the same thing for coffee right now what does that tell us though that it's already inside us everything we need the energy we need the the focus we need is already inside us and if we actually know that then we can be like oh i got it already coffee you know what you good you, you come into the party but you ain't bringing nothing to the party so you can just chill since I already know that I have the energy, I got that storage space, I got that vault of energy, let me just handle it. Like, I just now know, like, that I got it inside me, and that's such a, that's such a, it puts you in a position of, like, I won't say power, but of knowing, like, your awareness of, like, oh, it's it's what I have in me already? It's it's literally that, like, that didn't, didn't mean for... I actually did mean for it to get super philosophical, but isn't that some shit? Like every, and of course it goes back to the Bible saying that the God in you is greater than anything, any man outside or in the world. Clearly we have everything in us that we need. 
But that's just another example of coffee trying to front like it's giving us energy. But in fact, it's just already telling the energy we have inside of us to come out and play. Boom. If I blew your mind, you're welcome. And if I didn't and you knew this already, well, fuck, you're cool. Um, let's move on. I haven't talked to y'all in a while. I really feel like I always make this shit about me and I don't want to make it about me, but here we go again. I was talking to my dad earlier before I came to work. And for those of you that follow me on Instagram, um, I bought, I just bought a house and it's my first house ever. And it makes me very proud because like I'm, I'm a young mom. I had my son when I was like three days after my 18th birthday, I was pregnant at 17. I had my son at 18, um, raised him without his father. And I always try to try to make it like my mission to become the provider of the house, to be, to, to make it so that I never have to ask or need from someone else or be dependent on someone else. I've talked about this before. I don't want to get all about it. I don't know what that meant, but I don't want to get all that about it. Just nutshell, had him young, really made and set out to do the best I could for him. Now, along the way, clearly a lot of sacrifice, clearly a lot of work put in. And more so recently, like I just knew, okay, I want to get a house. I want David to have his own room he has never had his own room he's always had to share a room with me yes I know that's pretty weird he's he's about to be well he is 10 he's 10 so all of that has been in my brain and it's been on my brain these past couple years like get a house so he can have his own room and he had just he just graduated his elementary school so he's already he's going into junior high and in my head I'm like okay he can't be a junior high kid still sharing your room with mom no like that's not cool I know it's it hasn't been cool up until this point it's still not cool so I set out to do that and this past month I finally did that like I was finally able to give him his own room he sleeps in his own bed and it's such an empowering feeling it's such a fulfilling feeling to know like this is what it I've worked for blood, sweat, tears, drama, stress, heartache from work, from from coworkers, from peers in the industry, from culture that the industry's in. All of that is for this right here, for this kid to be like laying down on his bed and enjoying his own space. So he has his own room. And by the way, I'm filling it up with like weird, not weird, sorry. Sorry, I won't use that word because it's normal to somebody. Uh, like my son. Anime. He loves anime. He loves Japanese um, animation. Duh. <laughs> he loves Japanese animation. And there's these things called manga, which basically is the comic book version of, like, it's a, it's a comic book. It's a Japanese comic book that has yet to be televised. Because anime, okay, this is what I learned from him. Anime is, like the cartoon the Japanese cartoons then there's manga which is the comic books that can inspire cartoons but not all of them have like a like a companion cartoon show whatever similar to like how before Walking Dead was a series it was a comic book and then it got then and then it became a series but there's some manga that have never become series that have never like been adapted to 
like just uh, TV or movie or stuff like that. It just stays in these comic books. And they're not even, they don't look like our comic books. They literally have like, it's it's paper, like a regular book, like that we read. Black and white, I believe most of them, or at least the ones that I've seen. And they don't read, this was weird, because I had, we had went to the Japanese um, bookstore in Little Tokyo out here in LA. And when we're driving back, it probably took us a good 45 minutes to get back home. And I look at him and I'm like looking at how many pages he's gone through. I was like, bro, you read all of that right now? And he showed me that um, they read the opposite way from like what we read, how we read. So they read what would what we would think is back to front of the of the book. And we read from front to back. So it looked like he was he had finished all this whole stack. But in reality, it was like since he's sorry, this is a lot since he's reading from back to front he's he just didn't read that much but he did finish those manga like the night i bought them for him uh so that's a cool little fact they read opposite than we do in japan and i wonder who's right and then i also wonder does that make is it because i don't know because you know how in the uk they drive on the opposite like why are we so different because literally america is after everybody else right like just set up wise we were part of the British, part of the UK, part of the British government. We moved over here. We tried to separate ourselves, and we did our formed our laws and culture and society. So if they had our, if they were, if they were day ones, and they were doing it one way, we literally were the rebels kids that were like, we're doing it opposite. Y'all drive on on the left side. We drive on the right side. Or y'all read from back to front. We read from front to back. All right. I sidetracked a sidetrack of a sidetrack while I was sidetracking right now. Let's go back on to the original case in point. Got my house and my dad was over earlier. And <laughs> the thing is, I live in a I live in a in, in a neighborhood that's very quiet, very um, well, my neighbors are like old white people. All of them. Well, to the the ones that I've seen, or, oh, and I won't say old like grannies. I will say old like older than me. Like I'm I'm probably the youngest person on the block, and I like they see me outside. They're like, "What the hell? How did you get a crib in this neighborhood?" I lit. <laughs> when I I literally feel like because I've met a couple that they're looking at me like, "Girl, are you part of the mob or are you part of the Mexican mafia? What's up?" Like, cause I have the crib to myself. Like it's my crib. And, like, I don't know, I guess it's just not it's not a, a thing that people in that area are used to seeing. Especially, I'm, like, the Latina coming in. Anyway. So, that's my house. That's the, the environment that I'm living in. Very awesome neighborhood that I like. It's very quiet. My son's school is nearby. The educational system, the school district is great. And my dad is over today. And he is so paranoid of the block. Like, this man is, like, peeking out windows. He, like, someone came, the, like, earlier, and they knocked on the door, and he's like, what is this about? Like, he's being mean to, and, they, like, it was a neighbor, like, he had seen that I had dropped something, like, in the, in the, um, on the sidewalk when I was walking in, so he was bringing it to me. But my dad was, like, questioning him, similar to how in Bad Boys, Will Smith questions the guy that comes to date um, Martin's daughter, Similar to that. 
And I'm like, Dad, what is wrong with you? And he's like, Letty, the other day I had left a phone book outside and I came today and it was on the other side of the patio that you have. And then the night that I left it or like he was just telling me like this fucking phone book has been moved and it's tripping him out. And he's like, yeah. And I think someone tried to come in through the back. And I was like, Dad, we have a security system. I have security cameras. And he was like, no, Letty. The other night I had stayed because he watches my son while I work. The other night someone was trying to come in through your room. And I was like, Dad, that was me. I forgot my key. Like, you know, I forget my keys. That's why God made you a locksmith. My dad always makes keys for me and he gets mad about it. But that's neither here nor there. He's so paranoid is what I'm saying. He's so fucking paranoid. And my thing is, we were raised in some, even if it's not the hood, we were raised in some hood-ass conditions. Because, granted, I'm from Glendale, California. I'm not from, like, places you would see, like, on freaking America's Most Wanted or any of that. But we lived right in gang territory in Glendale. And... We literally lived in an apartment complex where the house next to us is where they all met. It was their trap house. It was the house that they, like, had their meetings, everything. We even had, like, favorite cholos. Like, like I swear to God, we had, like, like we would be playing outside and the gangsters would be coming through, like, bye and say what's up to us. Buy us, buy us ice cream from the ice cream man that would pass by. Like, I, I remember... I had, like, a first communion party, and they came over, like, what's up? And they gave me, like, they gave they give you money. And first communion is, like, a mini... Well, first communion is religious. It's, it's one of the seven sacraments. But if, to us, it's another reason to party. Like, we're having quinceañeras, which is our, our version of a sweet 16. Big-ass parties, basically. And they would come and they gave you money, like, hey, um, happy First Communion. Like, keep up the good work. <laughs> they would come like that. And, like, I, one of my favorite cholos, his name, I don't know if I should say his name. But he was my, like, I he was so awesome. He would literally carry me um, on his shoulders. And we would play, like, chicken fight with, like, my my friend that lived in the, in the neighborhood. And um, <laughs> this is so weird. And his favorite cholo. But... We lived in that type of an environment, and I was in a drive-by one hour, and with that favorite cholo, like, that's why I don't want to say his name, because I don't know where he's at in life right now, but, so what happened there, I do want to share that story. What happened there was, my I remember that my mom told me to go outside and get stools that she had bought um, from the back of her car, from the back of her truck. So I remember going outside and the truck was open and I'm reaching for the stool and we lived in an apartment complex. I heard my dad inside um, one of the other apartment apartments because their door was open. So I heard my dad inside there laughing and then I was like, huh, help my mom with stools or go be with my dad who's laughing. So I ran to the apartment that my dad was in and these were all like first floor. So it was all like it wasn't like um one on top of the other type of apartments. It was, like, apartments that were, like, on one floor, if that makes any sense. Um, and so I ran to where he, inside the apartment he was at, and it was the neighbor who had a little girl, and me and her were chilling, and I don't know, talking about little girl stuff, maybe, like, My Little Pony and, like, lanyards and friendship bracelets. And then my favorite cholo 
runs in to the house. And like I said, the door was open. So he runs in with his girlfriend and their baby. So they run in, and the girl runs to the kitchen, but the cholo, he he, he has, like, his arms, like, at the door. Like, he ran in and closed the door behind him, and then he pressed his body onto the door. And I'm looking at him straight ahead, because I'm literally, like, I'm in the living room looking straight at him. Like, he closed the door, and now he's looking at me. I'm in the hallway by a bathroom, and I'm looking at him to his right is my dad and the neighbor, and there's a big-ass window, like, that they're sitting, sitting, like, it's basically, like, the guy, the cholo's by the door, my dad's on the sofa right next to him, and there's a window in that wall, and so the girlfriend is ran to the kitchen, which is to the right of where my father was sitting, too, and I'm looking at him straight in the face. Then, all I see is bullets fly through first the kitchen then the window where my dad is sitting on the sofa then the door and the door is the scariest one because it's the one I'm in front of it's the one that I'm closing my eyes and I'm picturing this so vividly and it's the one that the cholo's um he has his arms on and all I see is him get hit like I see like one shoulder pop pop forward the other shoulder pop forward his leg like just collapsed and he fell and I'm a kid and I watched it all like I I had the like if this was like a movie or a play I had like the best seat in the house to watch it happen and after that like he's on the floor clearly we're all yelling and screaming and I just get like since I was by a bathroom in a hallway, the mom of that house, she she grabbed the, the little girl I was with and her daughter and me and took us into the bathroom and closed the door, had us lay down in the bathtub, had us, cl- like, close the door. And all I'm thinking is, like, what I just saw and then, oh, my God, my dad, because he was sitting in the sofa and thankfully the bullets hit a, right above their head. So the bullet, like... If it were, like, of course, those close calls, if it were just an inch or half an inch or centimeter lower, it would have struck him right in the head. But it, was, it they whizzed right past his, right past their, excuse me, right above their head. And it hit the cholo that I loved. That Like, yeah, I love this guy. Um, they hit him. And all I just remember that. Like, it's just, like, ringing back in my head of everything, right? Granted, if I start to think of it this way, he blocked any shot that would have got me because it went through him, correct? Correct. Okay, so after that moment, I was taken to, like, the manager of the apartment complex. I was taken to, to their, to their um, like, their main apartment, like, if that's going to make me any safer. And I just remember, like, I remember, this is how young I am, and I knew not to snitch, but I remember, like, they brought the cops in. And I was awake, but I pretended sleep. Like, I legit pretended I was asleep. They shook me. They tried to wake me up. And I was dead. Like, I was cold. out, Like, out. Ooh. Shook the camp. Shook the mic. Um, and so they were like, maybe she's just going through through shock. She's okay. Like, let her sleep. Let her sleep. And I just knew, like, just keep your eyes closed. You don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to talk to anybody. So, um, 
my dad was okay, like I said. Um, everyone was okay, but the cholo, the dude that from the dude from the hood that ran in there that literally would pick me up on my shoulders, would buy me ice cream from the ice cream guy, like gave me money on my first communion, like he was shot up. And to my knowledge, that that equaled dead. Like I saw blood everywhere, like whew. So I believe like a couple months or a couple, yeah, a couple months later, I then see him. Like he's all, like he's bandaged, he has casts here and he came by. And just to 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 soothe me because to, from what my parents tell me about the after of this, I kept having nightmares and crying because I thought like I saw someone die, and so he came. I remember I don't remember that, but I do remember him coming and kind of like reassuring me that he's okay. So we still didn't move after that. <laughs> my dad still kept me in that hood ass environment, those hood ass conditions. And that's the moral to my story is that he was so okay with that shit. But now let let the move into a neighborhood of older white people that are helping me out when I drop something on the sidewalk. And my dad is so paranoid. He's like, Letty, don't tell them what I do. Don't don't tell the neighbors what I do. Like, don't tell like our contractor what I do. And I was like, Dad. Why? He was like, because if they know what I do and something happens, they're going to say that I did it. And I was like, Dad, you're crazy. You have a crazy mentality right now. Your fear mentality is going to make shit appear. Like, Big Boy said that a long time ago. He said, like, what you fear will appear. So when you live with that mentality, like, they're going to do this and this is going to happen. This When you just seep in it, shit is going to fuck you up, bro. So I'm trying to tell him. I'm, I'm counseling my father on his mentality at this point in time and he was like no i don't like it i don't like it uh, the other day your your neighbor he came up to me and he said if i needed help cleaning like oil spots in the driveway and and i was in and he's like and why and i was like because they're helpful he's like no like what is he trying to say and i was like dad you're crazy because granted i know i love him and i know he's just being very precautious but i know if we were in that hood ass neighborhood we grew up in and one of the apartment other people in the apartment said hey i have this to help if like your oil spill you'd be like oh thanks dude but because it's this guy out here in my house like it and it's just that thing where like Never feel out of place. I feel like right now my dad sees how I don't look or am not in the same, I guess, age bracket as the people around me. And so he kind of may feel like, does let does she belong here? And so it might be making him feel like people may be looking at us a different way or 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 um against us being there and it's not the case at all at all because i felt it out i'm very big on energy but i feel like he's in that especially because it's my house like it's his baby so i feel like he's in that right now but my thing is is even in those moments like always feel like you belong especially when it's on some good shit especially when it's high status especially when like it's in places where people dream to be or it's in neighborhoods like this businesses or parties even or like you know what i'm saying like all the only thing like that the on and off switch of whether you're supposed to be there or not is in you just like the energy from the fucking coffee right so it's already in you so my thing was it's like i have never felt out of place because i know i belong like i know i deserve this house just as much as any of these people on this block and um 
I just feel I I don't know if my dad. I think to my dad he's like, damn, my daughter's here, and so he might feel like people may think that. Um, but I told him I'm like, dad, if anything, they're afraid of us. <laughs> like, they're probably like, yo, what? kind of drugs are they selling that they are here and it's just something fun to play off but yeah that's the conversation i had with him today and i had to share it because it's crazy how comfortable we are in some environments like we he literally did not move us out of that apartment complex yes that is dangerous like and this one is the one where he's paranoid of danger (sighs) okay shout out to my dad though he's the best and he there's another thing my dad my dad cooks my dad is the one who cooked in the family he came to america legally and he was a chef and he can he can taste something and tell me every ingredient down to like what type of technique the cook used to make certain types of sauces or certain types of um meats and 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 dishes so my dad's awesome but he cooks for me as if I was a bodybuilder or like a very big, big, big man that liked to eat. He Today he literally put two slabs of steak on a plate and said, let me eat this before you go to work. And I was like, what do you, what do you think of me that I can even finish half of this? And... It's just funny because he's always been like that our whole life. Even to even like now when I do when when I go to like fancy restaurants or how I always see people want to go to steakhouses and people like pay hell of money for a certain kind of steak and and to me steak is something I ate my whole my dad loves steak so he would make it constantly. And to me, it's just so normal. Like, I'm just like, okay, this steak is nothing crazy. Like, why does this steak cost $50 again? Because the one my dad made was amazing. It, like, tasted as good, if not better, a lot of times better. And to, it, it just, I guess, the the glow or the shine of, of eating a steak, um, it's it's not here. It's very dull in my in my palate because of my dad. But it it makes me laugh, like how he makes these huge plates for me. I'm like, Dad, uh, he and he told me today, you're still you're gonna grow. I want you to grow big and tall. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much stuck like this. If anything, I'm going to shrink later, Dad. I'm not gonna get any taller. Um, yeah. So he really, you know what though? What I do equal as fancy? Cause so so steak basically steak has been um, I've been been desensitized to steak. I don't think it's fancy. I don't think it's high class. I don't think it makes you look or be richer or of a better caliber. Yada yada whatever. Or like fine dining. I'm like my dad makes bomb ass steak and I don't need this shit. Sorry, I'm cursing. Sorry, I gotta check myself. Uh, no, but <sighs> dad steak. Oh, what I do equal as fancy is uh, creme brulee because creme brulee was the first dessert I had never had until like I started go- like getting into in radio and went to like a restaurant. Something else that happened to us because my dad was a chef is that we rarely went to restaurants because he was like, if I can make it, why are we going to go pay for it? So basically, we had that life when we were younger. There's a lot of restaurants that I had barely, like, 
just growing into my adulthood is when I first started going to them. And it's probably restaurants you've been to 5,000 trillion times, and I'm just, like, just going once in my life because of my dad. Uh, but the first restaurant that I was like, oh, this is a nice place. Um one of one of those visits, the first like the first dessert I ever had in one of those places was creme brulee, and to me they taste amazing. And to me that equals fancy. I feel fancy as heck when I get a creme brulee at any kind of restaurant, and they're delicious. They're gonna be at my wedding. Just FYI, just you, there's okay. I don't know if girls or guys do this, but I do. I always think like. When I'm eating something I like, I always picture like the bowl of it at my at my wedding. Like, <laughs> like creme brulee is gonna be at my wedding. Uh what is what else? A certain oh no, was it no damn it. I just know I know I do that. It hasn't came with me, but I know I do that. There, even down to and a lot of them are desserts from what I'm thinking. That's why I'm stopping myself from saying them. But one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite candies is a Mexican candy. It's, it's, they're like, they're called, it's from a company called Vero. So basically how M&Ms and all those are Mars, um, this company's Vero, but they're like little balls and inside it's like a gummy and outside it has like this tamarindo, like, but strawberry taste on it. I did not explain that well. If you didn't get a picture in your head, do not worry. It's I suck at describing it. But it's burgundy. There, boom, that can help you. It's burgundy, and it's a little ball, but inside there's a gummy, and it tastes really good. That's, like, my favorite. I probably have, like, so many of my cavities can be accounted for from eating that candy in particular. Did I say candies? Did I say so many of my candies? I meant, if I did... Asterisk, let's correct that. So many of my cavities. And if I did say cavities, um, forget this whole convers- little part of the conversation happened. Okay, so that I think that is the enough about me part that I had to kind of basically catch you up on. There's more stuff that's been happening and going on, but let's just leave it there. I do want to talk about how I plan for this podcast to move forward in this manner in particular. So I'm thinking of going into like different hip hop and music related mysteries and cases and really kind of diving into them. I'm very good at diving into a song and finding out what lyrics mean and how they said this and why this was written. But I really want to go into like, like, okay, and I'm not talking like big, granted, there's the Biggie, Tupac, murders, let's go into that case and stuff like that. But I'm talking like more than that. Like, example, the moments before Lauryn Hill went crazy. Like, what led up to that? Or like, what happened to Kanye West's college girlfriend, the Delta? She had Delta, so she'd been throwing that dynasty sign and stuff like that. Or like, let's see, let's see, let's see. Like, oh, I think this is one of the ones that made me like really, really, really push for it because I've been thinking about it for a while to do stuff like that. But um, you know how they said that uh, Drake and Jesus Christ is my favorite. Oh, it's Drake and Kanye. How they're gonna come out with a collab album? Like, but 
where what happened to the projects that were anticipated and debted like of course we can all hint towards the the Cole and Kendrick albums but like really like how did it start the inception of it or when did it end or why is it prolonged but even more so than that like because I really feel like we're gonna get that album um but the ones that we haven't got we didn't get we're not gonna get uh one of the main ones I was talking about on Twitter the other day is um Child Rebel Soldier that's Lupe Pharrell and Kanye and I know Lupe's talked about what happened, but really like, okay, so how far did you get along? So what was the concepts of of the of the of the project or how did it even come together and stuff like that? Like I just wanna delve into stuff like that. Delve into and I think those are very broad and maybe the answers are out there, but just kind of speak on them more, elaborate on them, imagine if it was to happen, play freaking make believe and see I'm doing this because more and more now I feel like I care so much about hip hop in a day where like everything slides like I care so much about like the art form and I care so much about the lyrics and I care so much about people following the the like what would be sacred laws of rap in a time where no one gives a shit so what I was like is like so what I was thinking is like okay then you go into a world where it matters you go into a world where where like your own world your own make believe your own like part of your room and this will be my room my little podcast um, where you can just be like I wonder what happened here okay let's dig into it let's talk about it let's feed it let's let's live here let's let it's okay to 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 be in this point in time. So, yeah, <laughs> since the outer world, excuse me, and I know a lot of us in the outer world do care, but since the common consensus of the outer world does not give a shit, let's give a shit inside our inner world because everything you need inside you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I do not mean to always, like, turn it around and and bring it back to something like that, but that was pretty cool, wasn't it? My mind works like that. And if you didn't get it, it's because I said in the beginning how coffee is inside you and then how right here now everything's inside you. I I figuratively tied it up in a little bow and now I'm done. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs>